beauty. All right, let's get started. So today's daf is daf vav, and we got up to the word saira on daf vav, okay, which is um, four lines on the top of the page. But as we ended off yesterday, I said we're going to chazer the end of Hayom and to lead us in. Let's chazer outside. Let's review this outside. What's going on over here? So, what we ended off the maskana of the Gemara of how do you know the minimum measurement is 10 tzvachim, we ended up with the machlekes. One opinion was the source is the aron with the covering adding an additional tefach. And the other opinion was Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says it's Allah Sinai. All shiurim, all measurements are Allah Sinai. That was Rabbi Yehuda. So, where does he get it? Does send 10 tzvachim? Allah Sinai. Okay. What we're in the middle of right now is um, challenging Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda, how can you say that all measurements is Allah Chalmashim Sinai? Rabbi Yehuda, how can you say that the ten tapach measurement is a then all shiurim, all measurements are Allah Chalmashim Sinai's? If we start according a pasuk about the beauty of Eretz Yisrael, and the pasuk says that Eretz Yisrael is, let's look back at the bottom. We said. And this whole Pasuk listed are, is giving different measurements to halachos. Okay? And now ultimately what the question we're in the middle of is going to be, how can you, Rabbi Yehuda, say that measurements are all halacha l'moshim isinais with no biblical source, but just transmitted from the Messiah, if this Pasuk actually gives us a Pasuk that's teaching us all the measurements? Okay, that's the question we're in the middle of. And we said, what does chita teach me? What's the measurement of chita? When a house has taras, if you wait in there long enough, of kedei achilas pras, the amount of time it takes to eat half a loaf of wheat bread, then, um, if you, then uh, you'll, uh, the, the person's going to get a stronger type of tumma. It's even going to apply to his clothing. Okay, clear? So that's what we're in the middle of right now. We're up to the word saira, four lines on the top of the page, and we're in the middle of this challenge on Rabbi Yehuda. Again, that he says all measurements are Allah Khmashmizinais, and we're proving that no, there's sources in the Psukim for measurements. Let's keep going. Saura, what halacha, what measurement is learned out from barley? The time we learned in Mishnah, etzem kisaira, If you have a bone of a corpse, as long as that bone is the size of a barley, it gives off tuma through being carried and touching. The enumatame ba'oel. However, if it's only the size of a barley, it will not give off the uh, uh, tumma throughout the entire oa. Okay, fine. But ultimately, what do you see from here? There's a measurement, the size of a barley, a corpse, and it's learned out directly from a verse. Also, geffen. What is geffen? What does it mean, grapes? Kadei revias in the nazir. What's geffen? That teaches me that a nazir who drinks a revias of wine is going to be chayiv on this trend, uh, biblical transgression. Nazar is not allowed to eat any sort of uh, grape product. Okay? So, again, you see a measurement that's sourced in a pasuk. Te'ina, what measurement do you learn from a fig? In order to be obligated for carrying on Shabbos without an Eruv, it has to be considered a chash of a carrying. How much of a carrying is considered epis, like a zach, you know, that it's considered like I'm carrying a dover chashuv. So we said it's the size of a grigeris, the size of a dried fig. And that's learned out from the word te'ena, a measurement again. Measurement being learned out from a posuk. Remind, 
what do you learn? What do you learn out from the word pomegranate? Ditanam, we learned in the Mishnah, Kol Kli Bali Batim, any vessel of a balabas, Shiurin Kariminim. Its measurement is a rimin. What does that mean? Its measurement is a rimin. So it means like this. If I have a vessel and that vessel becomes tummy, how does that vessel, let's say a pottery, how does it become no longer tummy when it no longer has a status of a vessel? Let's say I have a bowl that holds figs. And then the hole gets a little bigger. So can it hold figs anymore? No. But now you can still stick in apples. Is it considered a bowl? Yeah. It's considered a bowl. It's still going to be tummy. It's not considered a broken bowl. Why? Because even though the hole in it is too big to hold figs, you can still hold apples. But once the hole gets big enough, too big to hold a pomegranate, what are you going to say? Let it hold a watermelon? No. Right? We don't say that. Once a bowl has a hole in it, the size of a pomegranate, it's now ice bowl. It's no, it's no longer a bowl. And the halacha is, it's no longer tummy. It's not a kli. All right? That's what rimo, the pomegranate. Once you, once you have something, a, a, a kli, that size, a hole the size of a rimo, it's no longer tummy. Eretz Eretz Shakosha a land where where most of the measurements end up being a kezayis, meaning whenever you have a halacha of achila, of eating, you're going to have to eat the size of a kezayis. Says the Gemara every time, really, every time the size of a kezayis. We brought down many other halachas that aren't the size of a kezayis. Usually, if you want to know when you're going to be obligated, when you eat something, or how much you have to eat, generally the obligation is going to be, the, the default, is going to be the size of a kezayis, even though there are um, other measurements as well. Okay, what's devash? What do you learn? What halacha? What measurement do we learn out from the word honey? Says the Gemara, What's honey come from? Date. How much food are you obligated for eating on Yom Kippur? The size of a kaisevas hagasa, the size of a large date on Yom Kippur. Okay. So again, what's the Gemara's question? To wrap this all up, let's keep reading. Alma you see that measurements are biblical and source, uh, sourced in, in Pesukim. So how can you, Rebbe Yehuda, tell me that all measurements are halacha l'mayishim yisinais? It just ain't true. Says the Gemara, one second. The Tizbara, is it logical what you're saying? Shurimik Sivi? Look at this whole puzzle. What does it say? Eretz, Chita, Sa'ira, you know, Gefen, Te'ena, Rima, Nezhev, where, where in these psukim does it say the measurement? It doesn't say that remind is a measurement of Tuma. No, it just mentioned the word pomegranate. You know what it is? All these halachas, all these measurements, how much you're high of reading on Yom Kippur, when, when a bull loses the status of Tuma because of pomegranate, carrying on Shabbos. Uh, these are all halachal meshbizinais. Ukras machta ba'amahu. And the pasuk is something that the halach l'mayshmi hangs its hat on. Meaning, the halach is learned out from halach l'mayshmi That's ultimately what it boils down to. Ultimately, halach l'mayshmi You want a way to remember the halach l'mayshmi and give us a pasuk to hang it all on? This is the pasuk. But the pasuk is not the source of the halacha. The source of the halach l'mayshmi Once we have the halacha, now we're going to hang those halachas on on these psukim. However, bottom line, 
there's no knockout on Rabbi Yehuda. It still may very well be true that measurements are halakhu mashbisinai is a napsukim. Okay. Period. Says the Gemara Vaita. In addition, clear? We're good? Yeah? In addition to all measurements being halakhu mashbisinai, Rabbi Yehuda also said that all laws of chatzitza. What's a chatzitza? Chatzitza is when you have something on your body that can separate your skin from the mikvah waters. Okay? Call it a temporary tattoo. Something of that sort. Possibly even a hard scab. That is going to be a interference, a separation between the mikvah water and one's body. And all the halachas of chatzitza are, says Rabbi Yehuda, halach Okay? Now we're going to focus on that and challenge this and discuss it. Let's go. Says the Gemara, chatzitza All halachas of what's considered a separation and an invalid mikvah immersion is from a pasuk in the Torah, you got to have your flesh, your skin, completely in the water. So why is Rabbi Yehuda saying that the halachas of chatzitza are halach l'mayish misinais? Over here you see psukim. The Gemara says ki Yeah, when do we need the halach l'mayish misinai? That's referring to the halachas of chatzitza of one's hair. Interesting. What do you mean chatzitza of one's hair? That one's hair can create a separation between the person and the water. Where do you find such a thing? Let's keep reading. Kidarabba barbarchana. Tiyama rabba barbarchana. Rabba barbarchana taught us. Nima achas keshura chaitzetas. Fascinating. If you have one hair that's tied tightly into itself. Okay? You have one hair. I'm going to pull this out. Right here. Okay? Look here at one of my tzitzes. Here's a tzitzes string. Okay? And you tie it into itself and you pull. That's a chatzitza because the water cannot get into that very small tight knot. And that's going to be a chatzitza between, that's going to serve as a separation between the person and the water because hair is part of the person. If you have a, if your hair is tightly knotted within one hair, there's no way the water's getting in. And now you have the smallest chatzitza. If you have three hairs tied together, it's not going to be a chatzitza. Why not? Because you have three strings or three hairs together. The knot is automatically going, but by definition, is going to have to be a bigger knot. It doesn't get so tight. And you could assume the water got through the knot. Okay? What about when two hairs get knotted together? Is that a chatzitza? Can water get through or not? Says the Brisa. I'm sorry, says Rabbi Babrachana. I'm not sure what the halacha is about two hairs. Okay. Says the Gemara. Let me tell you something. The halachas of chatzitza on a hair, what we just tried saying is, 
Chatzitza on a body is versed in the Pesach. It says, Your skin, your flesh has to go into the water. But hair, those halachas are halacha l'mashmizinais. Because that's not your flesh. That's not your skin. It's your hair. The halachas of a hair, that one is consider- one in knotted hair is a chatzitza, three is not, two we don't know. That's where the halacha l'mashmizinais comes in. Says the Gemara, one second, sorry, not me the rising. Hair also is versed in the Pesach of the Chatzim. Whenever you find the word S, it's inclusive. It comes to include something else. And the S atopla besare. what's considered secondary to one's skin? So, all right. It's considered one's hair. So, you see that even the halachas of one's hair are not halachalamashmisinais. Even those are versed in the Pasuk. The skin is versed in minasan S besare. And the hair is the, from the word S. It says the Gemara, ki asai when do you need Allah Lomash Misinai? Lichid Rav Yitzchak. The Amar Rav Yitzchak. We now turn to Vav Amadej. Rav Yitzchak says, We're going to get into Halacha Lomaisa. Fascinating Halacha when it comes to Chatzitzis. Listen closely. Devar Torah. Okay? Devar Torah over here means, Rashi says, Halacha Lomash Misinai. According to Halacha Lomash Misinai, Rubai Umakbid Allah. What's a chatzitza on one's body? You know what, when you have a chatzitza? Only if the separation, let's say I have paint on my skin. How much paint is called a chatzitza? According to Allah, only the, if there's paint on my body, on the majority of my body, and I'm makbid, and I care. I don't want the paint there. Then, I'm just going to using paint as an example. Whatever's covering one's body, it's on riv. And a makbid, that's a chatzitza. The she'enai makbid, I love, what is this on most of my body? And I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Okay? Enai chaitza. Okay, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. So far, so good. The gazra rubai she'enai makbid, mishum rubai makbid. The chachamim came along and they said, listen, we have Allah, that rubai ha makbid is a problem. You know, we're going to make a zero. We're going to say, we don't want somebody to get close to a biblical issue. We're going to say that even if it's on most of you and you're not makbid, that's on most of me and I don't care. Even then, we're not going to allow it to be valid. Mishum rubeya makbid, because since roiv is makbid. You know what else we're going to make a zero, says the Chum? Let's say it's on a small part of my body, but I care. It could be on one finger. But it bothers me. Also there, we're going to say it's not a valid tevila, not a valid mikvah. Mishum rubayamakbid. So according to this, listen closely, follow along. According to Allah, when is something a chatzitza? When it's on rove, a majority, and I care, and I'm makbid. The Rabbanon went ahead and they said, Oh, you know, we've got to be careful about this. So we're going to extend that issue, the, the prohibition, what's considered a chatzitza. We're going to extend it and say that even if it's a majority of your body and you don't care, also a problem, or a minority of your body and you do care, it's a problem. What, what's the one case that's not mentioned yet? Niyot ve'eno makbid. What happens if I have something on a small part of my body and I don't care? It doesn't bother me. I'm a painter. I'm used to having paint on my skin. And punked. I go to the mikvah, Arab Yom Kippur. I come out of the mikvah, and there's a little bit of paint on my hand. Big deal. I don't even notice it. I don't care. I always have paint on my hand. So 
So it's a miut. It's on a minority. Ve'enai makbin, I don't care. What would be the halacha there? It's okay. And by the way, this is halacha l'maisa. Okay? Says the Gemara, V'alegzer nami amiuta she'ne makbin. Misho miuta makbin. Inam miruwa she'ne makbin. Why don't we say that a miut she'ne makbin is also a problem? The same way, if it's on a minority that you do care, why don't we say minority that you don't care is a problem? In other words, keep extending the gezerah. Says the Gemara, what is the obvious answer that we, we familiarized ourselves with throughout Tafyami? He gufa gzera, robo ve'eno makbid. And miut umakbid, they themselves are rabbinical decrees. Ve'anan nekum ve'nigzar gzera le'gzera. We're going to go ahead and make a decree to protect the decree? We don't do that. We don't do that. Okay? A yid doesn't live like that. We don't keep going. There's a halacha da'iraisa that needs to be protected. Chazal made a decree to protect that halacha l'mashmi We don't make decrees to protect decrees. At a certain point, a yid just keeps living. We don't live based upon every single suffix that exists out there. Okay? There's a point. And we've become familiar with this, unfortunately, recently, with, uh, with COVID and all that's going on, right? You, th- th- there's a point where Chazal teach us, this is uh, Ad Khan, this is where the concern goes to. And once you get past that concern, a uh, yid is finished, that's it. So they're abundant, don't, you, don't, you don't extend it any, uh, anywhere past that. Bottom line, let's bring this whole topic back around. We tried asking, how can you say that a chatzitza is halacha l'mayshmi sinai? If there's a pasuk that says chatzitza on one's body is a biblical pasuk dika issue, what are we answering? It's true that chatzitzas themselves are the Arisa, but how much is considered a chatzitza? Rubaya makbid. That is halakha l'mashmishinai. Got it? That's halakha l'mashmishinai. Meaning chatzitzas, the fact that chatzitzas exist are biblical. But how much is considered a chatzitza? The measurement of that is halachal ma'ishmisina. Okay, beautiful. Gavalik. Viter. Zok yomara viter. Mechitzin hadamaram. We said, according to Rabbi Yehuda, what's considered a mechitza, what's considered a divider, a separation. And how big that separation is, ten tefachim, Rabbi Yehuda says, is Allah l'mashmisina. Says the Gemara, Hani chal Rabbi Yehuda. It makes sense according to Rabbi Yehuda that we have Allah l'mashmisina. I teaching us ten tefachim is a wall, elder of Meir, Michael, Meimar. But according to Rabbi Meir, who says that you know the measurement of a wall from the aron and the and the and the covering of the aron that it ends up being ten tefachim. Where is the halach l'mayshmi sinai when it comes to mechitzas? According to Rabbi Yehuda, halach l'mayshmi sinai is the ten tefachim. According to Rabbi Meir, ten tefachim is learned out from sukkah. So where does halach l'mayshmi sinai come into effect in a, in Rabbi Meir's opinion? The Gemara says ki asai hilchasa. You know where Rabbi Meir says you have the halach l'mayshmi sinai's. Of what's considered a dividing wall. Beautiful. Listen to this. We're familiar with this? Good. Good asik and good achis. Right? When you have a part of a wall that starts. The fact that it keeps extending upwards invisibly. That is Allah. Lavud. Okay? What's lavud? 
let's say you have a wall of a sukkah that's seven and a half tfachim, and the schach is ten tfachim, Lovud closes the gap, right? As long as less than three tfachim, the daifin akuma, and the halacha of daifin akuma. So the fact that all these are considered separations and dividers and walls, says Rebbeir, this, the, the, all this stuff is the halacha of Sinai, period. End of that discussion. And ultimately, we started out the sugya asking, ten tfachim, what's the source that sukkah, the minimum size, the minimum shear is ten tfachim? And we're explaining Lefira Meir, it's from the Aran and the covering of the Aran. And according to Rabbi Yehuda, it is a halakhul Sinai, period. End of that conversation. Okay. Beautiful. Here we go. Now, we're at the two dots on Vavama Beis. Let's give a quick introduction to what the rest of the daf is going to handle for us. What we're going to learn now is how many walls you need to have. How many walls you need to have. I want to explain outside what the topic of conversation is going to be and what everything is based around them. What, what, what the whole discussion is, is based around. So here we go. There's three times in the Torah. I'm just going to talk outside. There's three times in the Torah where the Torah uses the word basukos. Okay? There's three times where you use the word basukos. It says, ready for this? I'll read the puzzle. This is in Vayikra, Perak, Chaf, Gimel, Pasuk, Membeis. Basukos, Teshvu, Shivas, Yom. Basukos. Let me ask you a question. How many sukos does sukos mean? Basukos. Two, right? Otherwise it will be sukkah. Now what's interesting is that the, usually the word sukos should be spelled samach vav chav vav saf. The word basukos teishvu is spelled without the vavs. So it's really read as sukas. I'm sorry. It's really written as sukas, but read as sukos. Now here's where we're already starting to lead into what the conversation is going to be. There's a machlokas whether when we darshan a pasuk, the pasuk should be understood the way it is read, which is what we call yesh ein lemikra. Now if you look at a pasuk the way it's read, R-E-A-D, the word basukos, no matter how it's spelled, is automatically going to mean two. Because it doesn't matter that it's written basukas. It's, ri- it's read basukos. So if you follow yesh im lemikra, if you always darshan a pasuk, by the way we read it, the word basukos already gives off the implication of two. Okay? Now, basukos teishvu shivas yavim, kol ha'ezrach b'yisrael yeshvu basukos, so twice in that pos- it says the word basukos three times. Twice there's no vav, and once there is a vav. Got it? So the two times where there's no vav, let's get into some math. And then stop me if it's not clear. The two times where there's no vav, we still read the word basukos. But does it, mean tr- does it mean double? At least two? Is it plural or not? 
When there's no vav, does the word basukos mean double or not? So again, if you follow the way it's read, yeshem lemikra, it still means double. It still means two, plural. If you follow the way that it's written, then it's written without a vav, basukas, and each one of those only gives off the word one sukkah. The third time the word sukkah is written, it has a vav. So there, no matter how you read it or how it's written, it certainly means plural. Okay? Is that confusing or is that fine? Confusing. Confusing. Okay. Pasukos, pasukos, pasukos. If you follow the way that's read, it seems to imply each one of those three words implies plural. So that means the first pasukos means two, second one means two, third one means two. That's clear? Okay. That's for sure. The issue is, it says basukos, basukos, basukos. But the first two times, it's missing a vav. So without a vav, if me and you were to read it without preparing the parsha, if we were to look inside the Sefer Torah, no nekudos, and we see the letters, bez, samach, chaf, saf, we would read it basukas. And everybody would jump and say, no, it's not basukas, it's basukos. Right? They're all going to jump at me. And they'll jump at you. Well, uh, we're going to say, what do you mean? It says basukas. It says sukas. They're going to say, yeah. But the way to read it is sukos. The way to read it is plural. So, since it doesn't use above the first two times, I don't know how many sukkas it's referring to. Is it referring to the way it's read, one sukkah? The, the way it's written, one sukkah, basukas? Or do we darshan it to be two? Because even though there's no vav, it's still read basukos, which gives off the implication of plural. Okay? Now, using these three words of basukos, again, twice there's no vav, once there is a vav. Using these three words, the Gemara is going to use this to help explain how many walls a sukkah needs. Let's get started. Here we go. Says the Gemara. Says the Gemara to that. that doesn't have three walls is possible. the rabbis learn so should we. How big do these walls need to be? Two of them need to be at least seven tefachim, and the third wall could be one tefach. says No. When we say three walls, you know what we mean? Three complete walls, and the fourth one could be a tefach. It's not two complete walls and third one tefach. It's three complete walls. The fourth one could be a tefach. Why are they arguing? Says the Gemara, but my Kamiflagi, what is the Machoikas about? Says the Gemara. Rabbanon Savri Yeshein Lemasaris. The Rabbanon hold that the way that you darshan a Pasuk is the way that it is written. Rav Shimon Savri Yeshein Lemikra. Rav Shimon says Yeshein Lemikra. Again, so let's explain. The Rabbanon say you need two and a tefach. Why? Because since the first two times it says Basukos, it's written without a vav. So that means one. Rib Shimon, however, holds you follow the way it's read. So therefore, the first times, even though there's no vav, it's still plural. And let's explain. Rabbanon say you f- that what's the main way to darshan a puzzle? The way it's written. And how is it written? Let's read this. It says, basukos, no vav. Basukos, no vav. Basukos, with a vav. What does that mean? One sukkah, one sukkah, two sukkahs. 
Hareikan Arba. You have a total of four sukkahs. Okay. So it has the word sukkah four times. Right? Four mentions of sukkah. Even though it's three words, four mentions, because the third time is plural. So what do we do with this? Dalchad Ligufei. It's got to say sukkah once to let me know I'm dealing with a sukkah. So it says four times. I got four sukkahs. Minus one, because I got to mention a sukkah. So I'm not darshaning that. So I got three sukkahs left to darshan. And watch my three. I'm going to take two of them to say they need to be at least seven tefachim. And the halach of Mashina is going to let me know that the third sukkah only needs to be one tefach. Book me a tefach. I'm sorry. Vasi hilchasa shtaim gochason v'poshlu tlasa shtaim gochason v'asoy hilchasa gros flishes. Halach Mashina comes on and says that the third wall needs to be smaller. Book me a tefach and lets me know it's only a tefach. Rav Shimon Saber. Shimon says no. Yeshem lemikra. You always look at a darshan apostle the way that it's read, and therefore. It's all plural. Basukos, basukos, basukos. Harekan sheish. Each word gives off two sukkahs, so I got six mentions of sukkah. Dalchad kradagufei. Minus one, because one needs to talk about sukkah in the first place. So I got five sukkahs left to darshan. Poshulu, um, dalchad kradagufei. I'm sorry. You, got, you could take out one whole pasuk. One of the sukkos need to be written for the halacha of sukkah itself. So now I got two more mentions of sukkahs. Poshulu arba, shalish kochasan, asoy hilchasa, ugrota, revias, v'okma, tafach. So we got four walls. Comes on the Lamesh Misenai and minimizes the fourth wall and tells us it only needs to be one tafach. So that's the machlaikas. Again, how many walls do you need for a sukkah? Says the b'raisa a machlaikas. Either you need two walls and the third is a tafach. If you hold that opinion, you must follow the way that a pasuk is written. Or you need three walls and the fourth one's a tapach, and that's if you darshan a pasuk the way that it is read. Okay. Nibai Yisema. Another possible way to understand the machlekas is the kuli yama yeshem lamikra. Everybody agrees that the way that a pasuk is written, is, is read, is the main way. And it's all plural. One says, in addition to the mention of, of uh, a sukkah itself, you need to also mention the schach. Okay? Umar, and therefore, schach is going to use up a pasuk. Umar and Rav Shimon says, schach does not use up a pasuk. And therefore, all of the last mentions of sukkah are telling me about all the walls. Okay? So that's another possible way to explain the machlaikas of how many walls a sukkah needs, whether it's three or four. Another possibility, we're going to give, uh, we're going to give uh, two more possibilities. Another way to understand the machlaikas of whether you need three walls or four walls, and the three would be two regular and one tefach, or three regular and one tefach, is the kuliyama yeshem lemesayres. Everybody really agrees that the way that a pasuk is written is the primary way. Is coming ligara to minimize the size of the wall. coming to add an additional wall. Okay, because if I only have three mentions, because I'm following the way it's written, so if I only have three, so now the Allah is going to be coming to add a tefach for my fourth wall. The other one's going to say no, it's not coming to add a tefach for my fourth wall. It's coming to tell me that my third wall itself only needs to be a tefach. Another possibility is the Kuliyama Kiyasai Hokasal Ligara. 
Everybody agrees, Allah is coming to minimize the size of that wall. However, and everybody agrees that the way that it is written is the primary way. Aye, so one second. If the way that it's written is the primary way, so now I only have three mentions of sukkah, and it's minimizing, so what's the opinion of three walls at a tefak? Where does that come from? And the Chomim are arguing about how to darshan techilos, the beginning of explanations, meaning Mar Sovar darshan techilos. One says we do darshan techilos. Umar Sovar ain't darshan techilos. Other one says we do not darshan techilos. What does it mean we, do dar- we don't darshan techilos? So techilos means like this. Let's pause. Let's, let's take a break and talk outside for a minute. When are we ever allowed to darshan a pasuk? What does the word drusha mean? A love, a rabbi gives a drush. What does the word mean? What does it mean? Right? The word darash is to expand. You, you take a concept and you build it up. You build it up. You say, oh, here's one word. Here's an idea. Here's a thought. And you expand. Some people expand a little too much. Yeah? As, uh, you know, you keep going. Yeah? And, uh, but, uh, I'll, I'll stop there. But um, th- that's what the word drusha means. Now, when are you allowed to expand on an idea? You know when? When something is out of place. When something's out of place. Meaning, if there's a word in the Torah that needs to be written there, can I make a drusha from it? Can I learn something else out from it? Or do I just say... Listen, stop getting so complicated and, and m- doing mental gymnastics. You know why it says that? Because it needs to say it. Otherwise, I won't even know what I'm talking about. The machoikas is whether the first time something is mentioned, do we say hands off? No drushes on this one. Let it just be what it is. And the word sukkus is letting me know we're dealing with Hokusukas and stop darshan. Or do we say no? Even though the first time it says sukkah is needed to tell me the topic and, and, lead, and lead us in to what's happening, still, we're allowed to expand upon that. And that's going to be the machlekas, whether to use the, word, the first word basukos for itself and not make a drusha, or do we say no? It could, it could be including a drusha. That is the fourth answer. The reason for Rav Shimon, who says you need three full walls and the fourth one being a tefach is from here. There's going to be a sukkah that gives tzel, yaimam, that gives shade uh, from the day. And how does it protect me? Ready? From heat and from wind and from rain. Let me ask you a question. A three-sided sukkah. Can the wind hit me? Better believe it. It has to know what angle it comes in. And therefore, says Reb, says Reb Shimon, you know why you need a fourth wall? Because it's only called a sukkah when it protects you from all elements. And if, that, if, if, that, uh, if the rain or wind or whatever could get in from the side, you're not protected, and it's not called a sukkah. That's another way to explain Reb Shimon's Opinion, period. Okay, let's get a grip. We just shared a ton of information. 
let's talk practical now. After this whole explanation of the of the machlokas. Bottom line, how many walls do you need for a sukkah? That's that was the Gemara started out. How many walls do you need? So we had a machlokas, but but we learned according to the chachamim who we follow, you only need three. Only three walls. Not only do you only need three walls, the third wall, you know how big it needs to be? This big. That's it. The size of my fist. Okay? A little over three inches. That's all you need. So you need two walls plus a third wall. That third wall does not need to be complete. It needs to be a tefach. Now, ready for this? We're going to get into a fascinating engineering kumar. Does it mean that my two walls connect and the third wall is a tefach hanging off the two walls? Or can my tefach be somewhere else? We're, when we say that according to the you need three walls, two seven tefach walls, and one one tefach wall, how's this structure working? Okay? Very interesting conversation, very practical. How does this work? Let's talk. Says the Gemara, This last tefach, where do you put it? Amar Rav Rav says, You know where you put it? You put it opposite the yaitse. What does it mean opposite the yaitse? It should be connected, so you have two walls connected on a 90 degree angle, and the, the piece should come off the narrower wall. Okay, but it should be connected off the narrower wall. Amri la Rav Kahana ve Ravasi. Okay, but in other words, it should be connected to the walls. Clear? You have two walls, and then the third one's connected. Amri la Rav Kahana ve Ravasi le Rav. Rav Kahana Ravasi says to Rav, top of tomorrow's daf, Yamidena keneged reish tor. Why don't we say that you could put it on a reish tor? Ready for a reish tor? Put it, make a triangle. It's gishmak. Look, how many walls ultimately, well, like a tipi, right? How many walls ultimately do we need? Three. What did we just say? We said like this. Here, take two walls. Look here. Two walls. Yeah, you guys in the Zoom can't see. So, two, uh, two walls. And tafakh. That's what we said. This is the third wall. This is the third one. Says the Gemara, one second. If my whole thing only needs to be three walls, why don't I move these two in, two walls, and the third one could be on an angle closing it up? Because all I need is a triangular sukkah anyway. Because all I need is three walls. Why do I need that the third wall is kind of facing outwards as if it's, it's part of creating and completing a square? Let it angle in and uh, head back towards uh, wall number one. Okay, so Shosik Rav. Rav was quiet. Okay, meaning either he didn't know the answer or he didn't want to talk about it. Itmar Nami. Or you can say, Amar Shmuel Mishmei the Levi. Shmuel says the name of Levi. Mamida Kenegara Yaitse. That um, it should be put Kenegara Yaitse, the original way that we said it. She put straight, not on an angle. And they also learned in the base message, Mamida Kenegara Yaitse. Okay. So it should be put opposite the, the uh, exit type of wall. All right. 
Rabbi Shimon became Rabbi Shubal Levi. Rabbi Shimon, some say, was Rabbi Shubal Levi. Say, Eisle Tefach Seichik. You make a Tefach Seichik. You should make a wall that's a Tefach long. Umamida, a smiling Tefach, by the way. That's what it means. Okay? It's a little expanded because when, when you smile, your face expands. All right? Um, you put it within three tvachim near the wall. And now that it's within three tvachim of the wall, it, you have lavad. In other words, the third wall doesn't literally need to be touching the first two walls. You could have it a little bit off and up to three tvachim, and then you put your tefach and then use the uh, mitzvah, then use the halach lamej misinai of lavad to complete that wall. Um, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, Sukkah A sukkah that's made like a mavoi is kosher. Now listen to this. What is a sukkah made like a mavoi? So follow this. A mavoi is like a hallway with no ends. So you have two walls. Let me get the right word. Parallel to each other. You have two walls parallel to each other. And then, like this, and then my tafach is going to jut out of one wall towards the other wall. So beforehand we were saying 90 degrees plus a tafach. Now we're saying, you got this, now we're saying side by side. And the third wall could be a tafach sticking out. Okay? You could put up that third tafach on any side that you want. You should make a pass, a beam that is four tefachim wide plus a little bit. We'll see why. If you just think about it outside, four tefachim plus a little bit is now going to be within three tefachim of the next wall, and I could use love to say it's closed. Put it within three tefachim of the next wall. So now I'm going to use love to. Uh, to close it up, and I've got a complete third wall. Says the Gemara, one second. Why, when you have two walls that are connected? Rav Shimon says, all you got to do is add a smiling tefach. Why over here, when you have like a mavoi, two walls side by side, not connected, he says, that you should have a, a four tefach wide. Why doesn't he just say, put it uh, one tefach, uh, you know, three tefachim away? Why does he tell me this beam needs to be mamish four tefachim? So Gemara says, Hassan, over there, the ikashtay defanais kelchasan, over there, when, when you have something on a 90 degree angle, so you have two completely kosher walls, sagi le betefach seichik. It's enough to just add a tefach seichik and then rely on lovud for the rest. Hacha de lakashtay defanais, but over here, when it's like a mavu, you just have two walls that are parallel to each other. And they're not connected. So that what, what, when, when the two walls are not connected, they're just side by side, what makes it two walls as opposed to one wall here, one wall there? Nothing. There's not, they're not connected. So why am I even viewing it like two walls? I should view this wall here, this wall here. Uh, therefore, in, if you're going to have four tfachim jutting out in one direction to show a connection and to mamish close it off with lovud, We'll say that's kosher. If it doesn't have lavud, then it's not going to be valid. This is very logical. Ultimately, what we're saying is that when you have two walls connected, it already has a status of two walls. Hence, the third wall is simple to make. 
However, when the two walls are not connected, rather they're parallel to each other, the halacha, I'm going to have to do something that shows a shaykhis, that shows a connection between these two walls to make them one sukkah. In order to do that, I'm going to have to take a four plus tefach bin, bring it close, now I have lavad and all three walls are tzazam and all three walls are considered one sukkah. Okay. Let's keep going. I want to get to the two dots. I want to cover a little bit. As you notice, we're covering a little bit extra ground because Bez Hashem on Shabbos, we're going to run into an issue. Um, on Tisha B'av, we don't do dot. But we could do it Matzei Tisha B'av. But we can't. Usually we do Shabbos and Daf Matzei Shabbos. We're not going to be able to do that this year. So I'm hoping that if we do a little bit extra today, a little bit extra tomorrow, we'll be able to get a little bit ahead this week and, uh, and stay on pace. Okay. Let's get to at least the two dots over here. Oh, my Rava. Rava says, When you have a sukkah where you have two walls connected and you have this third wall that's a tefach, it's only okay if you have a tzuras ha-pesach. It's fascinating. This extra tefach, where does it go? So if it's anywhere off the wall, you're going to have to make a beam across the top to make it look like, this, to connect it and make it look like a third wall. Some say, it doesn't need to have a Tzuras HaPesach. It's also okay if you have a Tzuras HaPesach. Some learn it a little differently. You need both. Now, Rav Ashi found Rav Kahana, who was using a standard tefach seichik, okay? Where he, he had a smiling tefach, a little bit larger than a tefach jutting off of the second wall to be his third wall. The Ka'avid Tzuras HaPesach, and he also made a Tzuras HaPesach. So he made it off, he had the, he had the two connecting walls, then there was a gap, tefach, plus he had a Tzuras HaPesach to the end. Omar Lay, he says to him, you don't need both. You can do either one. Why are you using both? There's another opinion uh, of, of, uh, which, uh, which uh, comes to explain Rava, and that is that you also need a Tzuras HaPesach. So I'm following the opinion that all three are needed, and that's why I'm doing, uh, that's why I'm doing all three. Period. Okay. Um, we're at the two dots. Near, you know, there's another two dots on top of my base, but I'm going to hold it here. Let's hold it here for today. And Bezrem tomorrow, we'll start out with a quick Chazara of what we did so far on Davzayin Amad Aleph, this whole thing with the two walls and the third Tefach. We're going to discuss how this applies as well to the laws of making a Rishos to carry on Shabbos. We'll get into that, and Bez um, Hashem uh, will pick up from here same time tomorrow evening, hopefully in Rishalayim, but uh, we shall see. All right, I get the nacht, everybody.